Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Ezra Lip Hour, more or less. And I hope everyone is having a nice Memorial Day weekend, or by the time you listen to this, had a nice long weekend. Um, for those of you that have real jobs where things like weekends are relevant, um, unlike myself, which um, there often isn't quite as a definitive line between the the work week and the work weekend. Um, but that's okay. It's kind of how I wanted to set it up. Anyway, um, I'll also acknowledge that um, there's probably people that are listening to this far after uh, this Memorial Day weekend in 2017. Um, and... Uh, Specifically because it's such a new podcast, I, I, I assume, I would only hope and assume that um, I uh, am going to have more listeners um, retroactively um, as far as, well, I don't know if that's the right word, but, I, you know, I assume that once this is out for a while and more people catch on to it, people will kind of go back and check out some, some of these earlier episodes. So if you're one of those people, I'd love to know what the future's like. Um, so, and you know what, you can let me know what the future's like, or drop me a line anytime. I'd actually really love to, to, to start, um, you know, communicating about this podcast. Uh, you can email me at the Ezra lip hour at gmail.com. Uh, if you forget that, you can just go to my website, ezralip.com and figure it out from there, uh, and listen to all the podcast episodes that I've put out so far and um, have also put out in the future, which some of you are already living in. Um, in fact, pretty much everyone listening to this right now, besides me, is in the future since you'll definitively listen to it after this moment, um, even if it's as early as uh, Tuesday, May 28th, um, uh, 2017, whatever t- the date of tomorrow is. Anyway, I'm babbling. You know what else I'd really love? If you wanted to go to iTunes and leave a review, that would help, uh, as well as sharing it on social media. I'd love to more people to find this podcast, people that are interested in music, musicians themselves. Um, I think uh, some of these conversations have a lot of value in them, and I'd love uh, people to, to know about them who might be interested, so please feel free to share all this stuff on social media pages and uh and also definitely let me know any feedback you have and i'd love to hear your thoughts thus far and um, things you'd like to see for the podcast in the future anyway enough about me and the podcast um really excited uh if you may remember the first episode of the ezra lip hour more or less i was uh honored to have uh my good buddy dan Liebowitz on the first episode, and we uh, got into the history of his band, Animal Liberation Orchestra, ALO. Lebo is also, um, as I said more in that first episode, has a, uh, has a, has a, has had a very uh, successful and influential career, um, uh, not just with uh, his band ALO, but he's been a sideman man for for many people, and he leads his own band, Lebo and Friends, and and you can look him up. He's he's a badass. Um, 
But anyway, in that first episode, we kind of got into some of the backstory of ALO and him meeting his bandmates uh, in junior high and that whole narrative. And it was a great and fascinating story. But by the, you know, an hour or more had gone by in our conversation and we were like, man, we haven't even talked about anything current. Um, So we agreed that we were going to do a part two, which uh, I bring you with this episode, um, which was a separately recorded conversation we had at a later date. Um, And I'll just give you some quick context. Uh, For about the first five minutes of our conversation, um, I, you know, I I say something to Lebo like, well, we should at least try to bring that story to some sort of conclusion since we spent the whole episode on it yesterday. So we kind of dive back into the story for a minute uh, and then quickly... I realize, you know what, this this is just going to turn into a whole other narrative. And I think both Lebo and I really just wanted to get more into a dialogue and conversational format. So quickly, I kind of ask a question and uh, the, the that story kind of goes off the rails. And, and, you know, we never return to it. And um, as we acknowledge at the end of the episode, I think it's okay because you can find that story. Um, at least different disparate, different aspects of it, the um, of, of ALO and their evolution um, in other places. But what we did here, you know, I think is is singular to this conversation. So I think I think it, you're going to find it interesting. And we talk about a lot of stuff, um, context of of uh, musical. Um, performances and, and how you might feel about about certain nights we talk about balancing family life we talking about talk about keeping a band together we talk about Lebo's uh, daughter's piano lessons um, talk about the Bay Area music scene there's a lot there's a lot of great stuff I'm excited to share it with you so um, yeah so just to set it up I uh, Lebo so I, I edited out that first part of the conversation where we start to go on that story just to kind of get right into the the heart of of the dialogue, uh, but Lebo was talking about with his band, and sometimes they'd do these gigs early days in San Francisco, and nobody would show up, and how that was a lesson in itself. And then, kind of where the, this episode starts is, I ask him, "Well, speak to that. What do you mean? How how can you learn from that experience?" And then, and then from there, we kind of go off into to these other directions. So, anyway, that's the context. Uh, and I hope you really enjoy the episode. So, um, thanks again for being here. And without further ado, I bring you part two of my conversation with Dan Lebo Leboys. Enjoy. I'm, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to interrupt for a second. So le- uh, that was, that was interesting what you just said. Uh, let's, let's, uh. Let's unpack that a little bit uh, about sometimes when five people showing up being uh, and you have to put on a show being a, a learning moment. I think you said something yeah. along those lines. Let's talk. You know, totally. That's I mean, I feel like that's huge. And, and I feel like that's a thing in this 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 world of music we're all in as musicians. I'm sure it's the same for you. It's like it's like, you know. How do I say it? What 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 that almost represents to me is is not. You, you know, sometimes you have adverse uh, conditions. You know, 
sometimes you don't feel good. Sometimes it sounds bad, you know? Yeah. Sometimes there's no one at the gig, you know, there's like all these things that can happen. You got, I mean, you could be at a sold out room in front of, you know, 5,000 people and be having terrible sound, you know, and right. that can be throwing you. But it's like, how do you deal, you know, how do you deal with that? How do you handle that? And, and, you know, it's like, I, I feel like being now for as long as I played with, played with so many different people, like I've really seen the range of how people can react. And I know, and that's, that's really helped to teach me too about how I want to be in those situations. Because one of the other things that it gets into for me is like, when you're on stage playing music with people, it's like, it's like you're playing music, right? It's like your experience, you're experiencing your own experience. But in, in uh, almost getting into like uh, the concept of empathy and stuff, it's like everyone else is having their experience too on stage, you know? And of course, you're, you're trying to have a good time with your experience, but like, but you're also uh, somewhat responsible for other people's good times too. And, and if everyone kind of supports each other, you know, you, 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 the whole thing lifts up. Right. And, and it's, and it's easy on an easy gig where you got your set worked out and you got killer sound and, and you got a full house. Like it's all pretty easy in that situation. Everyone just seems to be there, you know, uh, on stage. But, but I've been with some pe people at times where I've seen, or even watching shows where I've seen people like, like succumb, you know, to the outside forces, you know, uh, sort of to drag them down. And what it does when I've been on stage in those situations is it can drag you down too, you know? Yeah. And it can be like this whole thing where the whole ship starts sinking, you know what I mean? And like, I don't like that. I feel like, man, I feel like so lucky anytime I can actually be on stage, uh, in front of people playing music that like, I feel like it's, it's my responsibility as in a way as like the shepherd of the sound, you know, <laughs> the shepherd of the sound to like, to like, I got it. Even if I'm having a bad trip or something, is not going the way I want it. Like I have to look in with within myself and be like, no, we're, we're going to have a good time. Yeah. You and, have to. and it doesn't always work, but I feel like, I feel like it can always, I can always project that. You know what I mean? And, and having that intention is really important. Yeah. Just, just exactly. that awareness of, of, Oh wow. You look over, oh, I could tell the bass players like seems kind of bummed out. What can I do to make them, feel more comfortable. Yeah, exactly. To try to lift it up rather than succumbing to it or, or, or letting your own, uh, bad trip or insecurities bring you down. Yeah. What, totally. what, what are some, uh, obviously every situation is different, but what would be some methods that you've used to maybe try to lift up the vibe in a, in a situation where things are going South for one or more well, people? Like, yeah. Like musically, I mean, like I'll try to be like, you know, listening, first of all, I mean, I feel like that's the key in a way to music. Anyhow, like yeah. the key to all the, the good stuff is listening, you know, like, you know what I mean? Like the good playing comes out of when you're just like listening to the band and listening to yourself. Not when, you know, not when you're trying to like do something. So, so in bad situations, I feel like that's key, right? Because like, Oh, like listening, is there anything I can do sonically to try to help this or, or, or to engage if I feel like, so, like someone on the stage is like checking out, like, how can I engage them? Can I throw them some hooks, you know, <laughs> like, you know, throw them, throw them some bait <laughs> or, or take their bait, like really try to listen to what they're doing and really maybe over, not overly, cause I don't want to be like patronizing or anything, but like, but really try to engage, you know, and try to, try to, try to lift it, you know? And, and I would say that it not only is, is the sonic listening key, but, an energetic listening or an emotional listening. Yeah, right. You know, exactly. because it's not always the answer to to 
unify to connect with another musician might not necessarily be some musical idea, but it might just be like, what are they, what is their body language telling me? What is, what kind of vibe yeah. am I getting? Are they, does it seem like they are wanting to, you know, be a little more quiet, contemplative musical space yes. when we're all trying to rock out and maybe they're not totally. feeling that and, or they just want to, you know, they have something to say, but they feel stifled or they just want to lay back and not be in the spotlight. There's, there's so many different things that you could convey. Right. And I would say that being able to interpret uh, someone's energetic experience is also key because it's the same yeah. as, as hanging out with someone and having a conversation in the room. And yeah. if, if one person isn't feeling included, there's, you have to pick up those subtle cues and try to figure out what can I do to make them comfortable. And sometimes you can't. Yeah. Sometimes you can't. Cause you just reminded me of situations. I've been in those situations too, where I've like really tried and then it came off as like, like, Oh, I was just, I didn't really, I was just trying to accommodate them anyhow. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and maybe they just wanted to be left alone yeah and ignored because maybe maybe yeah. they're self-conscious about that very thing and they don't and and they don't want to have people on the bandstand taking notice of that yeah yeah i feel like though yeah like every time we get to play music i mean not necessarily you mean like that any of us get to play yeah. music with each other it's like it's a really special thing you know and 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 sometimes it's easy and, but sometimes it's not, but in those times when it's not, it's like, yeah, I just, I, I really do feel like it's like, it's like our responsibility to like try to lift it up and project it to where we want it to be and not, 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 you know, not really let stuff get us down. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, I do. I do. One thing that I, uh, appreciate about how you perform as well, um, is I feel like you're very warm with the audience. Mm -hmm. Um, particularly, uh, you know, we've done some like, I mean, we've done like some wedding gigs together, for instance, and, yeah. and not that it, this only happens in weddings, but I feel like you have a way of, of really trying to, uh, bring in, bring in everyone there to kind of create a more unified and intimate space. And, and whether it be by, um, some talking, some words that acknowledge that, or just some, you know, activity towards the end of the night, like, okay, everyone, everyone come in close and let's all be a part of this thing. Um, uh -huh. but I, I feel like that's, that's a really, um, I feel like that's a, that I really, I really respect that about you. And, and I feel like it's a powerful, powerful thing to not only just offer your music and say, okay, you know, I'm going to do, we're going to do our thing up here and I'm going to do my thing. And if you guys are into it, that's cool. And if not, that's cool. And sometimes that's the most appropriate thing to do. But also in, in mm -hmm. some other situations to be like, but let's, 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 I'm going to do this music and we're going to do it. But let's also acknowledge this moment and how, how lucky and how special it is that we could be all here listening to music together. I mean, and whether yeah. it's at a wedding or at a, at a club or at the Fillmore, it's, it's always, like you said, every time you're on stage, it's like, it's a very special thing and, and people come to see music because it's meaningful and powerful to them. Uh, yeah. I'd say uh, many people do, most people do. Um, so to really, to really acknowledge those moments, I, I feel like is a, is a rare, but, uh, cherished, cherished thing. So. Yeah. Thanks. I do. I definitely like it. I, 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 uh, I feel that I, like I said, yeah, I feel like it's like anytime 
that's like the thing to do to, to go to, you know, dive into it. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Yeah. So that's cool. I, yeah, that's cool. You, um, let's, let's, let's jump around a little bit. I, I want to finish the story, but let's, let's kind of, um, uh, maybe we can work some of these ideas and questions in. So, um, yeah, for instance, I like, I like getting into conceptual stuff. Actually. Yeah. Um, that's cool. uh, what, what would be some, something that you might've thought earlier in your career, something that you might've thought, Oh, this is really important. And this, this thing, this concept is really important. And that later you were like, actually, I spent all this time thinking that was something of significant when really that wasn't significant. And then the flip side of that question, which would be, what is something that potentially you underestimated earlier on, uh, that you kind of were like, Oh, well, I don't need to worry about that. And then later on you recognize like, well, actually that's, that's actually a significant part of, of our growth here and my growth. Yeah. Here. You know, that's an interesting one because on the one hand, it's hard to know because, because like we're like, uh, evolving, yeah. you know, musicians. So like, so, so sometimes there's, it's like, it can be confusing with like something that was actually important to me, but isn't any longer important to me. But at the time maybe it was, but, sure. but I know what you're talking, I think I know what you're talking about. And, and one thing that I do think, um, you know, one thing that popped, I'd say the first thing that popped in my mind, and I think it's pretty common, like with younger musicians was, you know, f- like accuracy, sometimes thinking that that, you know, hmm. like trying to get the thing like perfectly right. Musical you know? accuracy. Yeah. And then, yeah. but then if you're like, not really, you know, I think sometimes young musicians can be in that mindset and, and it, it makes sense in a way. Because what if you're aspiring to like a higher thing, it takes going through that, you know what I mean? Like to really try to get the thing right. Cause you learn so much working so hard to get the thing just right. Like whatever it is you're trying to do, be it a playing thing or a writing thing or whatever it is, you know, but really like combing through. And I feel like, I feel like individually I would do that. And I also feel like, like as a band in early ALO days, we would sit in the, the, you know, rehearsal room and just comb through certain things like spend so long on oh well should it be done done or done done or you know done done you know like you know yeah. like little things just and try each one and like you know spend hours like mulling it up you know what I mean? and then and we then, need um, the best possible syncopation yeah, for this measure exactly but yeah. then what i've as i've gotten older like of course i've learned that like it's way more about the the state of mind you're in and mm-hmm. that, like there are so many things where you're like looking for the right version of it there is no right version there they're all right versions they're just different right versions like they all could be cool you know what i mean and that was at some point i remember even as a band i think we learned that it was like pretty pretty like uh, kind of big to like realize that and in in a way it made everything much easier you know and on a personal level too of working on things like like i i spent a lot of time practicing i love practicing i love having a guitar in my hand and, and working on stuff you know like and you know trying to you know get something out of my mind that uh i i don't know how to do on my instrument you know or or i hear something that i really like and i'm like trying to figure out just what's going on with that so i like all that stuff but 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 then when when you go to play it's all about just being the best version of you uh not i don't mean the best version of you but just being able to like tap into your inner musician you know and and making mistakes is cool it doesn't really matter if you make a mistake like i just feel like when i was younger if i like 
hit a weird note sometimes i'd be like oh, and it might take me like a while to recover from it you know and like and then i probably like wouldn't play as well whereas now like that stuff kind of rolls off me and I, and I think it's it's to the benefit of the music you know absolutely um if if i yeah i mean on, on that line um I, I think this would relate but several years ago not even several just a few years ago um I was I was having a problem when I was playing where I would I would uh, drop some sticks and you know everyone drops sticks once in a while um, but this was like for like a year or so it was like just more than than should have been happening uh-huh. you know? and it was starting it was starting to really get to my head and yeah, you're like uh, what's going on I was yeah I was what's going on and then and then I even like you know there was a few months where I I experimented with this grip tape. Um, where I'd wrap it around my stick and I was like, okay, maybe it's my, my palms are sweaty. So if I have this grip tape and that, that helped a little, but then my sticks would kind of start to feel weird. And then I was like, okay, well there's this wax that I heard that's good that I can try. And yeah. And then, and then, um, ended up, uh, having, uh, I, I was hanging out with, with, uh, Joe Russo, the drummer. And, um, I was telling him about that and he's like, well, you know, but Okay. Sure, you're dropping sticks, but but what's the big deal about dropping sticks? So you you play with one stick for a minute, or, yeah, right, or a few seconds, <laughs> yeah. and yeah. and and it really like it twisted something in my mind, and and I think that really what was you know because I would drop a stick and then in in that few seconds of panic, I would you know there would be a hiccup in the song. And then I would feel bad because oh I you know I made the band sound weird for a minute, but then but then hearing that from from Joey, and then it, I realized that it was actually more of about the just the fear of dropping a stick than right. the actual experience of being stickless for for a, a you know just a few seconds because obviously it takes about. To uh, half a second to reach down and pick up another stick for my stick. Yeah, bag. as long as you got some spares sitting there waiting for you. Yeah, exactly. Which I, which I I would. And then yeah. so once that once I kind of had that in my mind, and then kind of was like, well, it's okay. I'll drop a stick. It's not the end of the world. I'll you know I'll play. I'll do something creative with just one stick for a second. And once yeah. that happened, uh, not only did those moments. Um, you know, there there weren't any weird stuff usually when those moments happened, and I, and my I could stay calm about it. But I actually ended up dropping far fewer sticks. It like kind of right. fixed. I, it fixed the thing just just to not be uh, just concerned to not worry about, about it. it. Yeah, right, not worry you're about probably it. Probably like like yeah, right. There's a, there's a whole thing with music of like it's like a, a state of mind, you know, and just like a a a, a, a you know that the human element of it, you know, just personality and state of mind and all that. And then there's like the technical side of it, the muscular things, the, all these things. And yeah, and it's, and it's, yeah, I totally see what you mean. Yeah. Sometimes when you're focusing on something, it happens more because, because you're maybe, you know, you realize about weird, you're doing weird things with your hands that you don't even know to try to avoid it. That's causing it or who, who even knows, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, like and in that, that it, it's weird. Cause that same thing can even, uh, can even happen with um, with with things that are positive. For right. instance, um, w- when I when I was touring with Sean Hayes, um, we we used to talk about you know sometimes like uh, 
you know, we, we would comment on, on a show and be like, oh man, the way that, the, the way that you played that chorus last night, Eric or whoever, somebody in the band, uh, you know, in that song, like that, that was really it. That was, that was what we were trying to go for. That, that one moment between, you know, the end of the chorus and coming down out of the, the next verse, like that, that little passage there, you really nailed that. And, and we would talk about how even stuff like that kind of then, okay, well then the next night you go to play that part and you're like, all right, well, well that, the, the band said that last night, this part was really good. What did I do? What did I do here last night? You know, what am I doing now? Is it the same? You know, and then all of a sudden, ha- even, even having that like good seed planted in your brain can kind of, if you're not careful, be something that messes you up. If you, yeah. if you think about, if you overthink it. Well, you know, I feel like that almost relates back to that last thing we were talking about too, where like, I, I, sometimes I feel like one of the strongest things people respond to is just energy actually, even though it's like they're hearing notes and rhythms and tones and all that, you know, so it's a funny thing, like the energy isn't quantifiable, but I often feel like that's actually, especially live, but I also feel like on, on studio stuff too, like like it's the energy that people respond to. And I t- I've experienced this, that exact same thing you're talking about where, yeah, you're like, you, you all feel as a band after the thing happens. Like, oh, that was it. That was like what we're going for. But then you could go play those same notes and those same note rhythms, those same tones. Uh, but you're like, when you're, if you're like trying to do it, it's going to be perceived totally different, differently, you know, your band. And I think the audience perceives it differently. Like, and, and that kind of goes with kind of the last couple of things we were talking to you about about holding the vibe of, you know, good vibe and just about the idea of, of like, uh, yeah, being in the right state of mind versus trying to have sometimes accuracy, like state of mind goes further. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think, I think it's, it's a lot of it is about being in the moment. And yeah. I think when you try to duplicate something that worked in the past verbatim, uh, you're often not in the moment. Exactly. You're yeah. in the past. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Or you're in the future of trying to like, <laughs> trying to create this thing that people will like, you know? Mm-hmm. And honestly, yeah. you know, and I don't think, I don't think that many people talk about this as much as I feel like it, 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 it should be talked about. But I feel oftentimes what, what a lot of people want and certainly what I want when I listen to music and and prefer see it and perform it is a certain amount of vulnerability yes exactly and because that's really when when you could be vulnerable that's when you're really offering more of yourself yeah totally if if the only thing you're going to offer is something that is a hundred percent rehearsed and that is a hundred percent static in the sense that you're going to play it the same way every night with no regard to where you are and where the audience is and, and where you know uh, how the vibe is for a certain situation i feel like it's not going to be as effective if you're truly present with with your uh with the moment and that includes your your weaknesses and your limitations be, being susceptible to error and and knowing that yeah. you're okay with it and people are going to be okay with it and no one's there to see you give a, a perfect performance they want you to gi- give yourself most authentically yeah, and I feel like especially in in our world too, you know, like where people like care about about well, I don't know, everyone who likes music cares about music, but I just feel like our scene, you know, 
and a lot of other scenes too, but not all are, are, they care about the personality of the different people, all the people making music, you know, not just the singer, you know, yeah. or not just the lead guitarist. I mean, it's, it's about this collective, you know, and there are other scenes where it's just all about the lead singer and putting a, a track up, you know, that that's fun and supports them and doesn't distract you. And, and I feel like in our scene and it, for me, like the music I respond to and, and as well, the music I like to participate in is music where everyone's like personality is there, you know, somewhat on full display and, and the way those things, the way those personalities interact. Absolutely. You know? the chemistry. I think that's key. Yeah. I think that's really important. You know, like to me, I, I really respond to that much more going back to that stuff we were talking about before. Like I respond to that much more than I respond to, you know, accuracy or amazing chops or any of that kind of stuff. Like to me, it's like, I, I want to, I want to see a human, you know, person, all that element. Yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like that, I feel like maybe that started in in jazz somehow. You know what, I totally, I was going to say that's kind of when I was saying not just our scene, that's of course the other, the other kind of main thing that was popping into my mind was like the jazz scene. Because that's of course, yeah, jazz is like all about that, like, like you got whoever's album it is or whoever's gig it is but it always like lists all the other players right. you know and yeah. you're always interested like i listen to a lot of of jazz on the radio and you know i hate it when they're like oh that was sonny rollins and the yeah. title of the song and i'm like that one yeah but who else, but who is, on else track, is on you know? it like, yeah like you gotta you gotta like do the thing and, and say whoever but he was or, or we're not gonna know you know yeah and yeah absolutely and and i feel like that's it, yeah, player, players are, are valued for their own uniqueness in, in that, in a way that maybe they're not so much in studio, you know, in, in Nashville, for instance, would be like yes. the extreme, you know, where, or uh, is certainly in the pop world today where. Yeah, where it's more based around an accuracy and, and almost not distracting from, you know, and that's cool too. I never like to like want to judge any music. Yeah, because, no, absolutely. Because, but, 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 yeah, but I know where like, I, like you, you know, or me, I know myself and I'm seeing, since we're talking about this, like you too, like where we, where we feel comfortable. I often, that's like a whole thing I kind of think about with music is like, it's not, you know, like a lot of times when I'm not responding to something, you know, it's easy to be like, oh, I don't like that. It's bad music or something, you know, mm -hmm. but, but I always like the idea that like music's made for different people, you know? Yeah. I had an interesting thing with that, with, uh, uh, it was actually, um, I watched, I was watching Saturday Night Live once a long time ago and, and, uh, uh, Justin Bieber was on, you know, okay. and I was like, I was like, Oh, Justin Bieber's coming. This is, and I think he's pretty young at the time, you know, and it was coming. I was like, Oh, that here's name everywhere. I'm going to check that music. So what's this all about? You know? And it, and it came on and I was really like very put off by, it, you know, like, like in many ways, like the sound, the approach, you know, my, my, my feeling when I was watching, like, like it was almost bothering me at first, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. I was like, oh man, you know, like all this, like there a lot, it felt very contrived to me. There was like one of every ethnicity on stage, you know, like it was like the whole thing, you know, felt very like, not that I don't like, uh, ethnicities, it, but know, it, it, commingling. Felt, it felt, it manufactured. felt, it felt that way to me. Yeah. Like, yeah. There, and, you know, there, and like culturally they were all like, seemed like there was, but like there was the, you know the white rocker guy with his long hair and ripped jeans and then the you know 
whatever. I don't want to get into yeah, all, yeah, but, sure. but you know, it's like, there was like, it was like, it felt like that to me. And, but then I, I like totally, by the end of the tune, I came around to like, I was like, Oh, this wasn't made for me. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like this, they, they weren't like, I'm not supposed to like this. Like, yeah, there's all different tastes in the world and the people who this is made for, how awesome is it? that they get to get that high feeling, that high, you know, that pumps them up, gets them excited or, or whatever response it gets from him. And I was like, that's like awesome, you know, like, and I'm sure the, the, like the people who like that would come to one of my shows and be like, these guys are so boring. Like, right. Like they're just boring. <laughs> they're just like playing for too long. Like they're not, there's nothing I could sing or dance, you know, <laughs> like, yep. and I was like, you know, so I was like, that's cool. You know, like it's, it's, it's good to know, like, it's how awesome is it when music is made for you, I guess is where it comes to when you hear something you love and, mm-hmm. and the way you get moved by that, like how awesome is that, you know, and it, it, it can't be that way for everything. It shouldn't be, you know, like it's, it's a beautiful world because of the differences, Absolutely. not because of the sameness, you know, absolutely. A minute ago though, we were talking about, about, um, about Estelle, um, Estelle, my daughter, her piano lessons. Yeah. Yeah. And I forget the context in which we got into that. You were though. saying, well, I asked you, uh, you said it's all about setting up a context. And I said, oh, yes. Okay, great. Right. Right. And we were talking musically about that. Yeah. You know? um, and, and maybe I'll preface that where like, I think a lot of times for me, like on a personal note, the musical context is like, like, like I was saying, I love to practice and work on all this stuff and all that kind of stuff. Um, but, but then when I go out to play a show, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't want to think about any of that stuff I worked on, you know, yeah. ever. I don't want to be like thinking about that. And so in a way it's like, you know, the practicing is all just like, you know, building and, and getting connected to my, to music and to my instrument and to what I, what I want to create and all that, you know, and, and all that. But then the context of just playing is like, it's not for that. It's like setting the context. So that, you know, the work sets ideally sets up a good context for when you play um but i was relating that too to kids because so for for my daughter Stell, she was interested in piano and and we got her some piano lessons you know and uh, and she was liking it but i i definitely like don't want to like force her on it you know because again i feel like music is so special to me you know and i don't want it there's enough things that you have to do in life you know um, that, then I feel like we often develop resistances to things that we're like forced to do anyhow. Mm-hmm. So I always figure with music, I'm not going to put, I, that was always my intention. I'm never going to push it on her, but if she wants it, great. I'll be, I'm there to support it. So with piano, it's, it's turned into that in a great way. And, and what I do is, you know, she has her, she takes a piano lesson every week, you know, um, and she's doing great with it. She's really loving it. Um, but part of it for me is I don't, I don't like push her on it. It, it turns out she ends up practicing every day, you nice. know? But I feel like if there's been times like in the very beginning where I'd try to be like, okay, it's time to practice and she'd want to like maybe go do something else. But so what I do my whole trip is, is, uh, right when we get home from the, from the lesson, you know, whoever takes her, it's me or, or my wife, Jenna, um, we, we set up the, whatever she's working on, like, you know, open the book to that page. It's like on the piano, the piano bench doesn't ever get pushed in. Like that's kind of a thing. It stays out. Hmm. You know, so it's like the context is just there. It's like all out and like just ready to go. And, and, and inevitably what happens is she just like walks by and she sits down and plays for 10 minutes and does something else, comes back, sits down, sometimes plays for 20 minutes. And a lot of times I, I work with her if I'm ever around and she's doing it. It's, I mean, I'm easy. It's like, <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like, 
it's like throwing a throwing a hook in for fishing you know in a in a bucket it's like fishing in a bucket yeah yeah, yeah. Um, so you so just I try to make it as it. accessible as possible so she yeah she, yeah but I, but i mean for me like if i'm in the room and she starts wearing that i will engage very quickly but I, but i'm also you'll engage by by doing what just jumping in with her sometimes you know and, like playing and, with her yeah, playing with her or nice. or or helping her with it, you know, with uh-huh. rhythms, you know, she's learning to read music and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And um, but but I I have to, I, I'm I'm careful not to like make it about me and what I want yeah. her to do, you know. what I mean, I just want it to be fun. And, and to it's not and make so it a far, chore. What's that? And to, I'm I'm guessing you you're trying not to make it a chore. Exactly, I'm trying not to make it a chore because she does have chores too. We like we do chores at her mm-hmm. house. So. So like yeah, she's got to uh, clean out her lunchbox every day, wash okay. it out in the sink, and you know she's she's got a series of things she has to do, and I don't want music to be. I I'd, I'd right. rather have her like not do the piano lessons, that uh, and not do it, than be forced to do it and not enjoy it. Yeah, you know what I mean. I, to me, that'd be more important because then it'd be like oh, then it's always a open opportunity to come to. And so far, the experiment is totally working. That's <laughs> Just great. By by you know being hands off with it, she and you know every person and kids different so who knows you know? well make sure she doesn't listen to this podcast and know that yeah she's part of some yeah, weird exactly. psychological experiment yeah, totally. <laughs> uh let's talk about um uh speaking of speaking of estelle um let's talk about let's talk about family uh and and your family because you have you have a pretty unique situation that um i i uh i feel like not a lot of um musicians particularly touring musicians um get to experience uh and it will you've you've kind of created this and um and i feel like you also at least from an outside perspective or as well as i i know you uh seem to be able to incorporate your family into your um into your into your music life and and you know we should note that you're you're often traveling you're often uh, you know, you're, you're playing out of town pretty often. Um, Mm -hmm. why don't, why don't you speak to that in in some ways that you've been able to merge those two things, which I know that are obviously music is really important to you. And then obviously I know that your, your family is really important to you. Um, and that's, that's something that I feel like a lot of musicians, uh, have a harder time with. Um, and it's something that I always, I always ask about whenever I, uh, you know, talk to other touring musicians and I'm like, Oh, you have a family. Yeah. So how does, how does that work? And everyone kind of has a different answer, but I feel like you have yeah. a unique situation. Yeah. A lot of times it can, it can be at odds, you know, like it seems like, uh, the concept of the two, you know, but for me, the thing is, so, so I met my wife, Jenna, she was, uh, uh, she was working in music, you know, um, you know, booking bands and whatnot when we, we all went to college together, you know? Um, and then we all moved up to San Francisco after that. And then she started, uh, you know, helping out with our band and became the manager of our band. And this was before we had a romantic relationship. We were just like really good friends. We we're actually both in other relationships. Okay. And we were really good friends. And then we were working together all the time. And so, uh, and then that, that, uh, you know, I won't go into all the deals, but that event eventually developed into, uh, our relationship, you know, but it's interesting because we we work together first and she's, you know, as deep into working on music as I am not working on the music part, but the, you know, the, the logistical part and the, the business you know, end. Get, yeah. Business end, getting the band on the road, you know, records, all that kind of stuff. 
Yeah. So for so so for us then, you know, then she's managing to managing and all in the early part of our of our marriage. You know, we're just like on the road together all the time. And and it's awesome, you know, working together. We 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 do well with that. You know, part of it I think for us too that's good is we're we're working together, but we definitely have different areas that we're working in. Uh like as I was saying, since she's on the business side and I'm on the music side. So I think that that's cool because we have different domains too. So it doesn't have to, be, but you know, we don't have disagreements about it at times, you know, we've got to resolve that and all that. But, but it, but it works really nice for us because we're both really into it. We're both really into our relationship. It's all just like one big thing. Um, then we had a kid, you know, uh, seven years ago, she's seven now. Yeah. Um, and, 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 uh, you know, we were, our thing was we waited a little while to have kids, you know, after we got married. And, and then once we decided we wanted to have a kid, our whole thing was like, well, it would be cool if, if our kid can just be on this whole trip with us. Um, so that's what we're going to, that's what we're going to project in the world. And that's what <laughs> yeah. we're going to go for. She's going to come on the road. But we were also like, we talked about, we're like, if, 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 you know, cause every personality is different. If she's a kid who's not going to do well with that, then, you know. We wait to have kids because we want to be able to put our kid first. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, um, but fortunately, like we brought her on her first tour when she was three months old and, and she's been basically touring ever since. Um, and she does fine. One of the things she does fine with is sleeping, you know? Yeah. That's... She can kind of sleep anywhere. And Jenna, my wife is the same way. Um, I'm pretty good with that, but not nearly as good as the two of them. But I think, I almost think that's like one of the main things that, that makes it so she can kind of come on the road. Cause you know, it'd be like showtime and, Jenna would just have her in her, uh, you know, the, the carrier on mm-hmm. her chest, you know, um, and she would just be sleeping in there and nursing. It could be a whole crazy light show. She always had her headphones on, you know, yeah, yeah. your protection. Of course. Um, but, but yeah, she could just fall asleep on the, on the couch in the dressing room with me be, you know, people are like, she's just not needy in that way. So that's made it pretty smooth, I think. Although now um, that's that's rad. Although now she's she's in kindergarten. Is that right? Yeah, first grade. So, first so grade. that's what okay, I was getting. So, yeah. so the, all those first years, the first you know four years especially, we were just like on the road with her all the time. And then we we uh, you know we didn't put her into preschool right away. We waited a year just because you know with preschool you can you can do three years of it. You can do two. You know, there's like a range of what you can what you want to do. You know, um, so so we made it a two year thing for her. And um, and then with preschool, we would pull her out all the time. And just like go on the road and the preschool wasn't uh you know it's not like there's a curriculum she was in a play-based preschool anyhow you yeah. know so that was kind of the vibe and, and they were really supportive of it because they knew she was you know getting loved and having experiences and all that kind of stuff so so it kind of goes right along with uh uh with with what they were trying to do at that preschool and yeah um and then she got into uh kindergarten and then we kind of started pulling her out a little less and then uh now in first grade we have a new thing because because you know we're just happy to pull her out especially for like long weekends you know it can be the kind of thing where if I'm out on tour for a week you know uh, you know like maybe Jenna doesn't she doesn't come out on the road quite as much as she used to but like I'll go out and then they'll come and meet me say on a Friday and spend the Friday through the Sunday or the Monday but our new thing this year Estelle's and Estelle's my daughter in first in first grade and she like loves her school and doesn't want to miss school mm. <laughs> so she's told us that like especially Mondays and Fridays, she really likes them. So, yeah. so again, we're totally respecting that. So there's like even a little less full family traveling happening now. Yeah. Um, it's one of those funny things where like, it's kind of backwards. Cause like she says, she doesn't want to miss school. And as a parent, you know, I'm like, Oh man, what did you come out of the road? Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, I'm like, Oh, 
that's so awesome that she would have wanted to school like and 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 soon it'll be you know you won't really have much flexibility even if she did want to like exactly yeah because the curriculum gets more and more and that's why i think even for her now because she likes the stuff they're working on yeah miss it and it's actually like stuff that she's building on so when she misses it she has to kind of like mm-hmm. you know catch up in a way so so and she's then, getting aware of, of that course, then she's gonna want to start hanging out with friends on the weekends yeah exactly and all that kind of stuff other thing exactly so you know we just kind of take it as it comes i guess is the, the main thing you mm-hmm. know and it's all it's all been pretty smooth and a pretty even transition and and it's all it's all felt pretty good and it's all seems to support one another you know uh you know, there's obviously times where it can be tricky, but I'm also like not, I'm not that crazy. I don't like go out for like crazy long tours and like go away for long periods of time. Anyhow. Yeah. Like I kind of like with ALO, we never do. We do like two weeks at the most, you know, sometimes right. we'll do East coast tour. We'll although, like although you did close to three, correct? We used to. Yeah. Oh, we absolutely used to. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, we don't, we don't, other people have kids and stuff too, and we just don't, for us it makes more sense to fly to a region and do a run, like we'll fly to the East Coast, I guess we'll do like just about three weeks sometimes on the East Coast, because we'll go out there and get a bus and like do a run, and it, it makes sense to kind of, you can't, you know, do that for three or four days and jump on and off the bus that way, it just doesn't really seem to work that well. Yeah. Um, but when we're on the West Coast, you know, we do runs where even when we're touring for the whole month of February and March for our tour day more, it's still cool because since we're in California, we'll do a thing where we'll do shows like Thursday through Sunday and then, you know, or or Friday through Sunday or some combination of that. Or, yeah. You know, and then we're still home like during the week, you know, with with a few days back at home for everyone to be kind of connected to their family. I think, I think that's something we all value a lot. And for me, again, going back to setting the context for music, if people are, are and including myself, are, are feeling uh, strapped emotionally because they're not with their loved ones enough, like the music's not going to be good. Totally. So that's the point. Totally. Like you got to be, you got to, everyone's got to show up like ready to give yep. on stage. Yeah. Otherwise they're going to be taken from themselves in the audience. So totally not worth it. Totally. So I'd always, and sometimes that's hard. Sometimes that means saying no to stuff like good opportunities where you're like, Oh, we could extend the run and have that rad opportunity. But, but we, we used to do that more in the past. And I think we just learned, Oh, but then if you deplete, the band, then you're out there doing a show that you don't stand behind because you're not really feeling good about your about your situation. So, so, so in other words, you're you're and you're starting to make decisions where you're valuing uh, other things beyond just like, well, we can make more money if we do this. But exactly, but exactly because in the end, you're living, you're living. So, like, yeah, you gotta like. I mean, I don't think you should be. At least for myself, I don't. I don't want to be uh, uh, frivolous. You know what I mean? Sure. Uh, in 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 life that way, but but definitely prioritizing. Yeah, be like enjoying life. Right. You know? I, I know. Over money for sure. Right, and I think you've also you know commented to me about how sometimes you you acknowledge that it it costs a lot more money to to bring your family out on the road. You know, yeah, so you don't end up absolutely. coming home with as much. But it it's you know, but, it, but you obviously value being with your family and, and sometimes exactly. that's going to be the yeah, better choice. Yeah, that's a total thing. Yeah. Cause for me, it means getting extra tickets, plane tickets and paying for them and all that kind of stuff yeah. where, you know, other people are just, everything's being covered by the, the bands that they're working and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, but for me, it's worth it. Like I'd rather come home with less money, but come home and, and 
have a connected family. Yeah. Because a disconnected family is just like, for me, very stressful. Yeah. And I think it is for everyone. You yeah. Know? And, that, and I, it's but I, hard I to know, create in that space. It's exactly because then how are you supposed to like, you know, offer yourself up and be creative and all that kind of thing, you know? Mm-hmm. And I yeah, think, exactly. unfortunately, I mean, I'm not going to try to project any big concepts, but, but I do think that, uh, you know, the, the music industry and, and musicians and particularly touring ones that are, you know, they're obviously there's a, there's a stereotype and, and, and a generalization, which is, you know, often true about people reverting to drug use and depression yes, and totally. not taking care of themselves. Yeah, and exactly. Cause I, oh, I think ahead. a lot of these things, you know, we're, we're, we're talking about when people are out on the road for, you know, six, seven, eight weeks or longer and, you know, they're not with their families and then there's, they're in bars every night. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's, you kind of have to work to make it a healthier lifestyle. And sometimes that means sacrificing some things, which, you know, might be is an extra, uh, an extra week of the tour that, you know, might put you guys over the edge. And and when you come home from the tour, you want to not just be connected with your family, but you want to make sure that, you and your bandmates are still cool. So then when you go in the yes. studio in a couple of weeks, you guys are, you know, totally. Are in, I've seen good. many, I'm sure you've seen it too. Many band implode over mm-hmm. just going too hard on the road. Yeah. Like I've seen it so many times, honestly, I feel like over the years, it's very common with young bands, you know, mm-hmm. and in a way, you know, Zach from ALO, he had kids first. He has mm-hmm. a, a daughter who's in high school. So we, we've been kind of operating on this somewhat for a really long time. Anyhow, um, and in a way, it, when we were younger, it would sometimes be frustrating because it'd be like, because no one else had kids, you know? He was slowing you guys first. down. Yeah, it felt like that at yeah. times, but yeah. in the end, I feel like it, that's part of what's given us longevity too, is because we never, you know, you know, the like jump in the van for six weeks. We did that a little bit in the very beginning, but pretty soon we didn't do that. And I've seen so many bands like break up because of that, because they just like, you know, it's like four or five guys in a van spending way too much time together and yep. they just hate each other yep. and then you know, they're hating each other on stage and, and they really don't hate each other. So right. like, it's again, set it, it sets up the context for a kind of family. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like a weird version of the Stanford prison experiment. Yeah, like, totally. Uh, <laughs> so, so in a way I feel cause our band really has been around a long time. I mean, obviously from what we were talking about last time about starting when we were 12, but even if you discount all that, it's just high school and right. college and stuff, you know, we've, we've been a professional band since, you know, for, uh, you know, about, Gosh, I don't know, like 17, 18, wow. 17 yeah. years now about, you know, you guys about set, 2000. You set a sustainable pace, though, in time. Yeah, and I think that's part of it. And there's been times, again, where we definitely have missed opportunities. But I think for it overall, it's it's sort of what's kept us together, too, mm-hmm. by like keeping things in balance. You yeah. know, balance and that in turn making it sustainable. Because yeah. it's so huge, you know. It's such a huge part of it. Like, how do you make something last, you know? Yeah, that's it's 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 life's a, a a sprint not a marathon yeah exactly oh sorry the other way around life's a marathon not a sprint <laughs> hold on a minute there i go i was like exactly but i knew what you meant I okay this, so, so, so i took i took the meaning not the words yeah uh I took your sentiment nice um so one thing um we just touched on last time at the very end of the conversation when we we is um, you were kind of reflecting that you felt like the Bay Area music scene today is 
I, I don't remember your exact words, but basically you were like saying it's it's kind of more, it feels more uh, strong or viable or potent than it has in, in a, it's maybe since you can remember. Um, yeah. It, yeah, of course. I wasn't in the Bay Area in, in, in Summer of Love, so I have no idea what that was. Right. Sounds like that was pretty awesome. <laughs> but yeah, but, uh, but yeah, and, and then again, going back to context, you know, like I'm just, you know, all I can really base things on is my context and sure. where I've been. But but for me, it very much feels like that right now. And I feel like a lot of it's like just kind of how certain things have come together, you know, and like there's always been a nice scene of musicians around the Bay Area. Um, but I really feel right now, especially around Marin, you know, with, with like Terrapin Crossroads and that whole scene um, has been a really big, good like way for a lot of musicians to get together and play together and cool relationships have spawned out of that. Yep. And and I think it carried it is then because that carried further than that, you know, uh, but, but I do really think that that's like, uh, kind of a thing that's going on right now. That's been really, really good for the music scene here at our scene, you know, specifically yeah. like with getting people playing together and, and just cool things happening. And then the fans having something to sort of rally around too. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because I feel like I'm seeing it, like I said, sp- spread out in many other areas from there where I just didn't notice it before. So I don't know if like some of that was going on and I wasn't as aware of it or wasn't as in that scene. Okay. Um, but, but my real feeling is that it's just expanded to more people and more people are just the same way. The fans are more activated too. Like, right. you know, more people are coming out to shows and it's so cool to have that supportive live music scene where like you can play music and there's a scene of people who want to come out and, and do it. And it's like, cause you know, like we were talking about before, there's times where there's no audience, but that's not what's sustainable. So it takes an audience, you know, to, yep. to make it a thing, you know. Yeah. Like you might learn a lot in those those uh, that time you're playing for five people, but you can't continue. <laughs> yeah, it's not the kind of experience you you want to have too much. <laughs> yeah, but you uh, you, know? you have to know how to deal with it when it comes. Yeah, inevitably. Totally. I mean, in a way, with come. all of it, it kind of goes back to a lot of that kind of inner game stuff we were talking about before. But yeah, just like. But that's like, yeah, like what, what, what does every context offer you? What can you learn from everything? You know, mm-hmm. rather than, than, than chalk it up to like, oh, I liked that or I didn't like it. Well, that's cool. You know, I liked it or I didn't like it. It's cool. That's, that's how I felt. But what can I take from it? You know, and a lot of times from your, your misses, you take the most. Can you think you of, uh, can you think of maybe a concrete example of that? I, I, I like that sentiment, but. I mean, I definitely think of like, like what we were talking about before is kind of the big one that comes to mind, you know, just like if, if you're not feeling good in a gig, like how could you, okay. So here's one thing I think about, like, like when you're, when you as a musician, uh, are judging how a show goes or a session or whatever it is, you know, I mean, all you're actually doing is, is, uh, reacting to your feelings, like how your feelings are, you know, mm-hmm. you're not actually reacting to what it is. And now, now your feelings uh, are, you, you, we think that our feelings are a hundred percent tied into what is actually happening. Rarely but I feel the case. like a lot of times, yeah, it's not really that much. I mean, there's, that's one of the elements that contributes to your feelings, but a lot of it's just like, Oh, what's your state of mind right now? Mm-hmm. Are you hungry? You know, mm-hmm. like, yeah. you know, are you all this kind of stuff? Cause I definitely know this is so interesting. I'm sure you've experienced this too, where like, you finish a night and you're like, oh my God, that was like the best show ever. And you look over at your bandmate or someone else and they're like, oh, that was cool. Yeah, it was fun. And you, you could just tell, wow, they totally did not have the same experience that I just had yeah. right now. 
or vice versa. Yeah. People walk up there like, oh my God, that was the best. So awesome. And I'm like, that's cool. I kind of didn't feel that tapped in, you know, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, it, so it and, a, and it's the same, and, and it could be a totally other experience for audience members too. It's yes. Like, and the same thing. I have shows where like, where we talk about as a band, like, wow, that is just not what we were going for. You know, cool. We made fun show but we didn't that was not what we were going for and then some fans like that was the best show i've seen all year right <laughs> yeah and vice versa something where we think we were just like god we hit all the things we we're going for and then some fans like yeah it was cool it's kind of it's kind of kind of like a typical thing nothing yeah. special you know? but i liked um, you guys better last summer when yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy all those perspectives but so but so 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 that's a, a nice thing to have in mind i feel like all the time because it, it, it almost softens the blow for for it, it, it checks your ego on the good ones and it, and, it, and it lifts you up on the bad ones a little bit just to know that, yeah, it's not, it is what it is, you know? And, and, and the truth for me too is often been like listening back. Like I've listened back to shows where like I thought it was like the best thing ever. And I listen back and I'm like, Oh, that was cool. You know, that was, was good. But I didn't like knock my socks off. And other ones where I've like, I often like when I feel like a show that didn't go right, I often do go to listen back to it. And so many times it's a really good process because I actually hear the music and I hear all this cool stuff and hear it in a cool way that I didn't even necessarily hear it on stage. You know? Yeah, yeah. And it, and it often sounds way cooler than I even thought. Right. So it's, knowing that a lot of times on stage, that also goes into the thing we're talking about. If I'm not feeling totally connected to it, uh, a lot of times it's like, oh, I just need to connect because cause I'm the same player. You know, obviously, you know, like I have my range that I work in, you know, but ultimately, it's probably not that different every night in a sense of, I mean, I try to play different stuff, but I mean, the the level, you know, sure. of where it's at, you know, should be pretty good. And all my musician friends, same way. I don't play with any musicians I don't like to play with, you know, mm-hmm. like all the musicians, I mean, that I play with, I like love playing with. There's so many rad musicians to play with. So it's like, if I'm perceiving something as, as funny, it's, it's probably just how I'm perceiving it a lot of times. You know? Yeah. You have to uh, judge it somewhat to... Uh, guide yourself you know to guide your thing comes off the way you're judging how something went you know you like something so you want to lean towards that you don't like something so you want to sort of move away from that. but in the but in the end of the day it's almost like not our job to judge at the same time too because it's more our job just to create you know and uh and i guess that's kind of what maybe talking about this this shows too is that it's like okay it's 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 something but but yeah that's that we can't spend too much time uh uh, worrying about it in a way for good or bad because because it can it can actually distract you you know mm-hmm. you know what i mean I, I like do. like putting too much stock in how you felt about something but, but it's a weird thing because in the end of the day that's all we have is our feelings <laughs> it's yeah it's a funny thing but but i i know for me a lot of times i like that's one of the things that reasons i like to gig a lot mm-hmm. because i feel like uh, when I'm gigging a lot, that it's like the pressure's not necessarily on any individual gig. You know what I mean? Right. Because it's just like happening, and so then it kind of just makes it so, in a way, it like makes it more enjoyable in the sense that I like, yeah, it doesn't have to put pressure on. More like what? One what was point. the average feeling of my gigs this week? Yeah, exactly. You know? Totally. Yeah, and I feel like it. It keeps me like agile in a way, just like always moving to the next one. Like yep. one gig finishes. And I'm, I'm, I'm already thinking about the stuff for the next one, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I always notice that I've talked to my, 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 I had a friend, my friend Ron Johnson told me this once he's a bass player. Um, and we were just talking about like how you perceive your gigs, you know, and how it's so funny when you're on the road. If like, if you have a bad night in the middle of the tour, but then you, you have a good night the next night, like it kind of erases the bad night, you know? Mm-hmm. But like if you end 
if you end the tour on a funny night, a weird night, you got to like lick your wounds till your next gig, you know? Yeah. So it's like, it's, but it's funny, but it's the same. You could have had like 10 of your best shows ever and then have one that felt a little funny. But if that was your last one, that's sort of like your, what you're left with, you know? <laughs> so it's, it's just a funny thing, you know? It's nice to just gig a lot. Absolutely. I think I, I told you this once before, but, you know, I had a, an experience with the band where, for for a lot of the summer we were just going out and doing fly out dates we were um playing one or two nights in a city and then flying home and not really playing during the week and then going out again um and it was a new band like a new new lineup uh and things just hadn't hadn't solidified yet um with what everyone was trying to achieve um, mm-hmm. for whatever reason, I, I can't, I'm not too sure why, but, um, and so we played a, uh, the first, you know, so the first, I want to say like the first, like three trips we did were not great shows. Plus we were playing, uh, um, I don't, I don't have to keep anything. It was, it was, it was, it was with Sean Hayes and we were playing the Tour de Fat, which is this, uh, the new Belgium, um, this like bicycle festival that that they Mm -hmm. do all in different cities all around the country i'm not sure if they're still doing it um yeah but anyway so you know so not only we're so we were just flying out to mostly do that maybe we'd play one other night in the city but you know a lot of the shows were like at two in the afternoon to like this bike beer festival and nobody was really there to see to see sean you know so it was was like kind of stacked against us in the first place because those gigs yeah but anyway and uh the first few trips we did were like, we just didn't feel like they were great shows. And I just remember, yeah, it's kind of what you were describing, like these excruciating weeks in between where I'm just like, oh man, you know, you doubt the whole thing. And you're yeah. Like, and then you're like trying to like make decisions that week to like change it. Like, yeah, exactly. Before, get, get you know, I, I would talk, talk to the other band members to be like, well, what, what's, what's not working? What could we do differently? But it's like, sometimes the more you talk about it, the further you get from it. And yeah. then I remember we were in Seattle at the the Tractor Tavern, and finally, after like three or four weeks of you know the summer, it was like we played like in a, like what we thought you know unilaterally was like finally a, a good show or a great show, and it was just yeah. like such a relief. It was yeah. just like okay, the the spell is broken. You've been waiting for that, yeah, you've been you waiting know? for that, yeah. and because it it certainly like emotionally can can mess with you. When yeah, you, it can be you know. really draining. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That's and yeah, I think all musicians deal with it. But we all keep coming back for more and like ideally it's like you you hopefully you you know there's something there that even on those shows it, it like pulls us in to want more, you know. Yep. You know, yep. either otherwise I suppose if if not we wouldn't be doing what we're doing, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's uh um, you know, it's like the quest. <laughs> it's the quest for the uh the perfect gig or, or yeah, just, but yeah. it's like, you can't, but it's like, but the thing is you can never, it's, it is that, but, but you know that you'll never, you'll never get there. The, the, the yeah. really the, the reward is in doing it over again, over time, no. finding it no. night after night, you know, totally fine. Fine. You know, it's not like you could just play. Okay. I played, a, I played, I played my best show. I'm going to retire now. Like, yeah, it doesn't no work way. like that. that. That, that would no, last totally. you about, you know, four or yeah. five days. And then you'd be like, okay, I, you know, yeah. I got to play again. Lebo, I'm wondering, where, where do you see yourself going uh, 
where where would you like to be ten years from now in your uh, mm. in your your career and your personal life, family life, musicianship, all that? What what are you what are you working on? And wow, that's see? an awesome and uh, uh, daunting question. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, you know, it's funny. I feel like. Uh, I don't know. I t- in general, I tend, and maybe to a fault, I don't think about the future too much in that way. You know what I mean? As long as I feel like I'm, uh, you know, as long as I feel like I'm uh, progressing in the present. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, yep. although that's it's a great question because because I think uh, I think I mean. I think a lot of people, and I think including myself in this case, would benefit from good, you know, like long-term goals. Sure. Um, sure. But 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 on the one side, I'm like I'm like happy, like you know, career-wise and musically, like I'm happy. It all just it all just sort of seems to be organically growing and has been since, you know, uh, you know, since I started back in junior high, and it all just seems to kind of grow. And, and of course, there's ebbs and flows where like where sometimes it fails, like it takes these big leaps forward. And then other times where, uh, you know, I, I don't really have a sense that it's ever moving backwards, but there's definitely times where it feels like it's kind of standing still for a second, you know, um, sure. sometimes longer than a second. <laughs> um, yeah, but, but, um, so part of it, I guess in that way, my goal w- would be to just be like further along my path, you know, of, mm-hmm. of, of happiness and, um, and, uh, and and musical growth you know and fam and when i say happiness you know that goes with family happiness and, and all these types of things and I, and I think part of it i tend to like like take things as they come and adjust as i'm going so like i said it's all felt pretty good you know and i just like i just kind of keep want to move and keep keep moving further down this path you know so many fun things have happened over these years you know in yeah. terms of like playing music with my peers and getting to play music with you know, more notable people and, mm-hmm. and, and, and not just because they're notable, but, but, but for the reasons that they're notable in, in a lot of cases, cause they have something musical, musically special, you know? So, sure, sure. so being around those kinds of things and, and growing that and just having it all grow in that way feels, feels pretty good to me. Yeah. Well, it seems like it's really unfolding in, in a, in a beautiful way for, for you and your family. So I wish you all the best uh, continuing down that path of happiness and, Thank you. Uh, and further growth. And um, yeah, I yeah. feel like on some level, sometimes I get like when I get like, it's funny, we did this once with ALO where we did like, not once we've actually done it often, not that often. We should do it more often, but, but we've done it a number of times. We'll say that over the years of like setting goals. And it's, and it's funny cause it's, it's always been really good. And a lot of times we've set goals that, that were, even beyond where we even thought we could be. And then some of them totally became real. Like I remember once way back in the day, we were, you know, we got to the point where we were like playing the independent in San Francisco mm-hmm. and, you know, we were working on a new album. We did a gold session. And we were like, man, we, we want to be able to headline the Fillmore. And it, and it seemed very like daunting at the time. You yeah. Know, you put it out there like, Oh, that, that just seems so hard. And then sure enough, within like, like, you know, a year or two, we were like headlining the Fillmore and then it, now it's grown up to two nights there, you know, and, and all that stuff, it's funny, but like me personally, a lot of times I, I get daunted sometimes by putting those, like writing those things down because, uh, you know, how do I say it? it? 
it, it can just be daunting to actually like put those things in front of you. Is but that, I do think it's good. Is that because it's daunting because you might not get there, or is it? Yeah, or is that it, might or, be it. Or is Honestly, it? Or yeah. is it? Or is it that it's daunting because it's 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 kind of you know it kind of makes you kind of make yourself vulnerable to yourself in a way to say what you want or what you're going for yes exactly which which sometimes goes against the artistic side of me that just wants things to all be like organic and happen naturally you know what i mean sure but but it doesn't they they don't have to cancel each other out i realize but i think honestly i think both those things you said like i can relate to both those somewhere yeah because yeah because part of it's like if you put something down and don't get to it, then you like, you know, like, like you potentially can judge yourself as, as having failed, you know, which is like all the things that go along with failure. But, but the truth is, is, is we all do fail and that's how you grow. Yeah. Like, like if you fail and and then you just quit and give up, then, then, well, then that's not constructive. But, but if in our moments of failure, if we like assess them and, and go around and not be afraid of that, it's it's a powerful thing but i think i'll personally i struggle with that sometimes i just i just it's uncomfortable for me to think about those things sometimes so i just like a lot of times what works for me is to just like like work hard on this music thing that i love and it seems to keep bringing cool things mm-hmm. but, but, the key uh, is, but the key is you you do work hard at it oh yeah i'm, I'm always working you know just, you're not just hoping things, you're not just hoping things will will happen that are cooler no. than where you are because of inaction or luck yeah you know? it's like no and i don't i don't really like to daydream either about things you know like oh wouldn't it be cool if such and such could happen i feel like maybe i used to do that more when i was young but i don't i don't like to do that either because i feel like it's distracting from just like actually doing something what, what what would be an example of like a daydream? Oh, that? you know, like oh, it'd be so cool to be able to. I don't know. It's like I haven't really done it as much in a while, but I, I think I used to do it more. Like oh, it'd be so cool to be on a on a tour playing all like certain size theaters and you right. know this kind of stuff and like be you know driving around in the car thinking about that. And mm-hmm. then I feel and there, there's this weird part of me sometimes that feels like that makes it like not not real in a way, you know. Versus like focusing if I'm focusing on music like that will take me to these places you know and that's what i need to focus on but but i do recognize a lot of people are like that idea of like intentions and you put your intentions out there and i can see that side of it too i just often lead in the other way for some reason <laughs> well yeah what do you do you like to put intentions out there uh yeah i like to, i like to put intentions out there but i also like to and i like to set goals um although I also like to, I also like to have things unfold organically, and I also like to work work really hard. But I, uh, but the thing is, and I, I feel I feel like maybe like a, a more significant part of all that is, um, I work on trying to, and and by no means have I achieved a mastery of this in in any way, barely, uh, yeah, not even close. But um, I like to I like to work at being happy with where I'm at too. Yeah. You know, totally because that's, and that's not to say get complacent or not shoot to grow more or to, to, um, achieve or to, or, you know, to, to improve, you know, your, yourself or your, your skill or your circumstances, you know, it's not to say any of that. It's just to say that, you know, I don't want to find myself constantly 
chasing uh, a sunset, you know, like chasing yes. some, this elusive so, thing where just all you do is just desire to get to this point in your career and then you get there and then you're like, oh, well, really, I look at this person, you know, there's always going to be someone yes. else you can compare exactly. yourself to that is, you yeah. know, you see who's being, you know, has more or is doing more, is achieving more, or has whatever, you know, more yeah. than you. And, and, but I feel like, uh, so like one strategy, um, and this isn't, this isn't my own devising, but like, um, there's this idea of, uh, what's it called? It's like focusing on your, um, so there's like your achievement gap, I think. I'm going to butcher the, the vernacular, but pretty much like, okay, you could choose to focus on the gap between where you are and where you want to be, you yeah. know? And if you do that, you're going to be, you know, if most of the time that's where your thoughts are, it's probably going to lead to some amount of, uh, of, of suffering, <laughs> You know, yeah, essentially. right. Like, like or, yeah, like your self worth. Like you're not, you're not, you're not. Yeah, you're and because so because no matter where you get, you're still gonna. There's gonna be that big gap, and then you know that gap's gonna take a long time to close. It's probably never gonna close. It's just gonna keep opening. Or you could right. you could focus on the gap between where you are and where you started, or where yeah, you were right. at any point. You know, totally. And everything you have done, and yeah, uh, you know, because there's you know, probably all of us, most of us have, have, have done a good amount and, and have grown a lot and, totally. you know, uh, become more of the people we're, we're trying to become. So, so yeah, so to, that was a, that was a long answer, but essentially I do like to set goals. I do like to put out intentions, but I also like to focus on, um, you know, being, being cool with what I have and where I'm at. Yeah, totally. And being happy with, yeah, with, yeah where you happy. are. Totally. Um, yeah, which I think is important. And I, and I, and I, and I think that carries over to music too, in a sense of, um, you know, there, well, there's this endless pursuit to get better at your instrument that mm -hmm. a, a lot of us are engaged in myself, certainly. And I, I know you are, but, um, I think it's good to acknowledge that like you can, you can still, you know, and I think this is good, good for especially, you know, people starting out maybe that um, obviously you have to get to a certain point of proficiency with your instrument. And, and the more technique you have, the more you can do with it, the more you're, you'll be able to articulate um, your thoughts and emotions and express yeah. you know, your, your authentic self through music. However, I feel like you know, like 10 years ago, I, I wasn't nearly uh, as well, as good at playing the drums as I am now, you know, but I'd still, but I felt like then I, I, I still did my best to convey my, right. my heart, you know? Right. And, and I feel like most of the time it was effective, you know? And, yeah, totally. And like, and yes, have I achieved more technique and a better, you know, better feel and you know i've yes i've i've progressed at my instrument i've you know yeah. but but do, i guess i guess it's like you know i feel like it's good for people to realize that you can be where you are and still communicate things that are beautiful about yourself yes. that, and you don't need to have you know as much technique as the you know yes totally yeah sometimes yeah. i feel like the whole practicing element too beyond you know like 
we see it as musicians as like, oh, we're climbing up another rung on this ladder. But in a way, it's sort of just like there's there's that aspect, you know, you know, on our path. We're like, oh, now moving towards that, that, you know, but but I so yeah, I also feel like I've thought of it, too, in terms of a lot of times when I'm working on stuff, it's just um, it's just keeping me inside of it. Music. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, because I can totally relate to it, because I've I've reflected on that too. Like, oh wow, all this stuff I've worked on in the last ten years, but like I didn't, I didn't, you know. In a way, I don't feel differently than I did ten years ago when I'm out playing. Like, I felt like, yeah, like, like I had I had some really cool expressive moments then, and I have some really cool expressive moments now. And sure. it's like, it's not like, oh, now all my moments are like better. Yeah. One thing, this is a cool concept though that I think relates that 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 I heard about and i loved it and and i think it actually might have been a conversation we were having where once a while back on a gig but the idea of that like oh you're working on getting better all the time but but you're what what ends up the byproduct of that is that you're like your uh your low point is being risen is being you know getting heightened so in a way it's like and that actually almost becomes the more beautiful thing Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Your worst like, gets not better. Like, yeah, your worst. Yeah, gets I got really that from, like, and from I, Louis C.K. Actually, yeah, and yeah. I totally relate to that because, like, like it's like you know, yeah, like I think my 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 worst is so much better than it was. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Totally. I really do. You know, and it's all that work, I guess. Awesome, Limbo. Well, um, this is this has been great. It's I've, I've, I've it's been a great talk, and um, and uh, thanks so much for coming on the show again, and. Um, you know, we didn't get to finish that story about the bands. We kind of just yes, but but I think I think it's okay because um, uh, is that story out there? If people are curious, yes, like people can find it. Yeah, it's yeah, definitely out there. That's kind of what there, I thought. Like, you know, so that is, and it's kind of like what we were talking about before too. Uh, it's a good thing when things fall off the script. You know, usually there's a a good reason for it. So I, I really enjoyed what we talked about today. So totally awesome. Well, That's well, cool. thanks so much again. You're you're welcome back anytime. Maybe, oh, thanks. Uh, you know, maybe we'll we'll let some time pass and <laughs> we can. Yeah, and we'll we'll try to tell the story again. We might get get it a couple months into it and spin off again. Yeah, totally. <laughs> That's good. Nice. Great. Well, thanks, Ezra. Yeah, thank you, and uh, I'll talk to you soon. All right. Great. Take care. Okay, well, there you have it. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. I thought it was great. Really, uh, lots of great concepts and ideas shared there. And thank you so much, Lebo, for coming on the show and being so gracious and so articulate. Um, And thank all of you who are listening to this. Um, I won't uh, reiterate it too much, but you know, I love uh, rating, social media, feedback, all that. Let's let more people know about this show um i'm I'm enjoying doing it but uh i definitely you know am not doing it because i want to listen to me talk i'm doing it so because other people may or may not want to listen to uh these these episodes so um please share them and thanks for your support and uh i will see you back here in hopefully about a week's time unless you're listening in the future and then everything the whole space-time continuum is it's already all awry anyway okay uh thanks again and i'll see you next time bye bye